Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and lose. I'm Caleb. Uh, and I'm not sure if do revenge is even grammatically correct. Yeah. Really, this show is just an elaborate ruse for me to be able to do revenge on Dan every week. It's the long play, uh, an even longer play than whatever, he, whatever you think it is. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm doing fine. I don't know. I don't know. Had a really relaxing day and didn't do really much of anything. So that was nice. There you go. I made chili all day. By all day, I mean I went to the store, broke down some chalk roast, broke down an onion, made my chili paste from uh, chilies, like dried chilies, and steeped them in hot water, and it was great. Uh, it's good. I just wait. I should. I I now know that I need to pass the chili paste through a uh, a colander first because I was getting a mm. little a little bit too much of the the chunk of pepper or uh, chili that was not uh, blended up properly through the blender. Gotcha. Did you have a clock in your hat? Uh, it said time uh, th- for chili. That is the that is the one hat that I need to own now. Is is that hat? What hat? What hump? This baby's wasted on you. Where's Homer? <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was my Sunday. Was making chili and then watching a- an anime show, which uh, we'll talk about, or I'll talk about, and I'll talk about it to you, and you'll say, "Huh." I'll say, "Wow, I've been talked to about that." But otherwise, uh, you know. Tanoom was this weekend. I watched most of it. Uh, there was no Sandman. And uh, so, you know, bad sign. Okay. Uh, well, I think that'll bring us into what's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. Uh, so, Dan, this is the part of the show where we talk about what our swill is and how to find it. That's true. Uh, well, I finally found it. I found the truly margarita-style seltzers. Yeah, how's that? Uh, so I started my day with Matt. Oh, my day. Uh, by my day, I mean uh, a few hours ago, I had the mango chill, which was just an atrocity upon humankind. So it's. I used to think that it was mango chill, but then I read it more carefully. It's actually mango chili. It it has like chili spice in it it doesn't taste like it has any chili spice it just tastes like sugar i don't know it has it the sweetness is like overpowers it but it does have a little bit of a little bit of a kick to it i guess i don't know yeah uh that's you have the to worst look one. for it yeah the the worst i've only had two and it i can tell you without having tried the other two yet it's the worst like it's actually like dumpable bad <laughs> that's that's how bad it is yeah it's it's my least favorite uh but now i'm drinking the watermelon cucumber and that's actually quite nice yeah it's the one that sold me on the concept so yeah i don't know what the other two are i haven't looked too hard but uh i'm sure i'll try them and say yeah these are still better than fucking mango chili all right uh, well, I am drinking a Weinstefaner, uh, Bavarian-style Hefeweissbier, uh, which claims to be from the world's oldest brewery, uh, established in the year 1040. Huh. Wonder if they ch- changed the recipe. Probably. There's probably, uh, some things that went in it that are, went extinct. 
be hard to yeah, not probably. change a recipe in a thousand years. Yeah, that might be true. Who knows? We used to drink Hefeweizens like all the time in school. Like I always uh, mm-hmm. think of the what the fuck was the one we always got? The Ho Garden. We uh, fucking yeah, drank fucking a Ho pile of fucking Ho Garden in college. Who's the one with the the riddle under the bottle cap? Lion's uh, head. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Lion's head. They had like the the pictogram things. I can never remember mm. what they're called. I don't Arebus? Know. Is it called a rebus? I don't know. Where it's like a picture of a thing, but it's supposed to, like it's like uh I don't know. It'll be like a picture of a cat minus C uh plus like uh, a striped flying insect and it's supposed to be like bat or something. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. yeah it's dumb. So yeah, that's, that's our swill. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about some news. Oh shit. It's mail time. Netflix's director of development for Netflix France Damien Burnett stated that 5 million households in France have access to Netflix without paying for it. He also said that the ad-supported tier coming in 2023 won't be free, but will be lesser than the current lowest point price point for its subscriptions. I'm sorry, I'm shielding my eyes because of how fucking bright Google Docs is compared to the rest of my computer. Hey, Google, yeah. fucking give me... Uh, a fucking dark mode for Google Docs, please. Dear fucking Christ. That's not great. Um, yes, I saw this earlier this week and thought, huh, that's interesting. Apparently Netflix France has 10 million customers uh, and another 5 million are, in effect, stealing Netflix. <laughs> so about a third of their customer base, which is approximately right. Look, Dan, I fixed it. What'd you do? Oh, did you put the background? Did you no, I just <laughs> highlighted everything you, gray. You you didn't fix a fucking thing. <laughs> this is slightly better, but yeah. So they're saying he's hoping the ad supported here encourages people to spend money that they already weren't spending. To which I say, that's never going to happen. Yeah. But good try, though. I really appreciate the effort. You did a you did the thing. Uh, Netflix is changing the way it's acquiring licenses for at least some of its comedy special slate. The company is now offering less money up front for comedians that would typically go towards the production of the special, but is conceding post release rights. A common deal stuck in a struck is a two year license that will allow the comedian more control to post clips to social media where the special is on Netflix and allow them to regain complete control of the special once the deal with Netflix is expired. I had to close my one eye to finish reading that. My eyes really suck. Please go to an optometrist. You have the benefits. Yeah, Yeah, it's been a while since my last checkup. I also just don't wear my glasses. How dare you? So yeah, it's just... I think this is actually really smart by Netflix because I don't feel like people and I could be wrong about this because I'm not a comedy special person, but like I don't feel like people really go back and revisit comedy specials all that much. Well, also Netflix cares about the first two weeks. Like, why would they care about something after two years? Exactly. So, like, I think this does everything they wanted to do it saves them money they still get the initial impressions for everything regarding the special they're still sort of known as you know the comedy special place and the comedians get to do whatever they want with the special after two years so they can monetize it in a different way i don't i see this as a win-win for everybody now of course yeah the the thing is is that other streamers could offer more money up front for Maybe the same deal. Uh, and in which case, I don't know, that would cause a bidding war and such. And maybe nothing changes for Netflix overall, but I don't know. In theory, this is a good idea. Yeah. Also, Netflix is looking to reduce content spend. This is a good way of doing it because now you can offer 
probably less than half of what you used to offer for full complete rights. Because before Netflix just had rights in perpetuity. Now just giving up, just having two years and then giving up complete control after two years saves you a bunch of money. So this is how they reduce content spend by uh, changing the math on the equation. Like I go back and revisit the Chappelle ones from time to time, but like I don't fucking seek out comedy on Netflix. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't either. It's not my thing. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's a bunch of people's things why they keep spending money on it, but I don't know. I think they've looked at their data and said, Hey, people really don't look at this stuff after two years. Let's just move on from it after two years. There's no real reason for this to stay on our platform after two years. Yeah. All right. Let's move over to downstream and talk about some trailers for things that have happened. And we're here to talk about baby. I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line. Uh, the first, uh, trailer might as well be something that, uh, I named, uh, it's called eat the rich. Colon, the GameStop saga. Uh, that's right. We're fucking GameStonks is now a historical event. Kind of, yeah. Uh, this humorous documentary series follows a group of millennial misfits who banded together online to rescue their beloved GameStop from the clutches of Wall Street bigwigs and a viral David versus Goliath story for the 21st century. Community of amateur traders enacts a daring plan to get rich quick and wreak havoc on the stock market, but will they beat Wall Street at its own game? Uh, so this is about the uh, Wall Street bets, Reddit taking on the fucking Melvin Capital hedge fund over the fate of GameStop. I have opinions about this. I don't fucking I don't know if I want to watch this thing. Um but I will say it was stupid for them to try to short GameStop anyway cuz like the perspective was that GameStop was like going out of business. And like yeah, they were closing a lot of stores, but like they're moving to an online focused business model, so like their their business has actually taken off since that point. So I don't know. Stupid. Well, did their business take off because it was a good business or because of the notoriety they got from the whole GameStop shorting situation that happened? Well, I mean, we'll never really know. But uh, the answer, of course, is yes. I mean, of course. So like. There is a ma- there was the, this massive inflection point, and they bring it up in the trailer where uh, Robinhood, which was like the number one stock trading app for like casual uh, stock traders, like people who just you know would would check their stocks every few days and be like, oh, do I went in on this? Maybe, yeah, probably. Uh, when they shut down the buying of GameStop stocks for an entire day, and uh that remains the single most shady thing a company has has done in quite a long time. Yeah, hundred percent. Because uh, Melvin Hedge Fund was, I think, close to being on the verge of collapse, and then Robinhood seemingly comes in and rescues them. Yeah. Well, yeah the the rich people bailed out their rich friends. Yeah. In the greatest irony you can possibly think of uh, the rich save the rich instead of giving to the poor. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I can't believe that would ever happen. I know, right? What kind of society do we live in that allows that to happen? So, yeah, Uh, I can't say I'll watch this because uh, the humor makes me want to stare at a Google doc all day on my computer. (laughs) I don't know. I don't need to watch this. I lived it. That's true. I was there in the trenches. And then I sold and then GameStop went right back up. They had almost (laughs) like quintupled in price. So you're all welcome. 
I don't know. I loved all the all the memes about it at the time. There was uh, the ones going around where it was like, uh, you know, I never thought I'd be, you know, I thought it was like Gimli from Lord of the Rings. I never thought I'd die next to an elf. What about next to a friend? Uh, But it was like, uh, you know, I never thought I'd bankrupt a hedge fund with an elf. And then uh, because it's GameStop, Legolas says, what if I told you I kept the receipt? And Gimli gives him a what the fuck look. Uh, and then on the horizon is uh, Duke Nukem from Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. Because there was a because Duke Nukem Forever famously a game that took 30 fucking years to come out and then was bad. Was very uh, bad. But GameStop honored somebody's pre-order because they had the receipt from uh, like 20 years prior. Oh, that's see if any if there was any reason why GameStop was going out of business, it was because of that. Well, because pre-orders are inherently predatory. No, I don't want to pre-order Kingdom Hearts three. Fuck off. That's true. Predator pre-orders are always bad. Never pre-order any game ever. All right. Uh, next is something that uh, just got suggested to me on my Netflix feed while I was watching things. Uh, it's a show called Phantom Pups uh, from this is a trailer for Netflix Junior, which we typically don't fuck with. Uh, but it's called Phantom Pups. It's a kid show about dead dogs. Uh, a young boy and his family move into a haunted home where he meets three adorable ghost pups and tries to help them turn back into real dogs. Uh, so you remember your your dog that died? Yeah, he's not a real dog anymore. Uh, yes, I, d- I do remember that dog that we had to unfortunately put down earlier this year. Yep. Thanks. Well, thanks for reminding me. Well, he's in hell. <laughs> That's probably true. Fucking shit on my carpet too many times. I was at least by the door, so we know he tried. I couldn't get too mad at him. What? What's wrong with you? No. Why? Why? Why this? <laughs> I don't know. Why do you make me watch every fucking romantic comedy thing? This time I got you. I mean, it's it's a kid show. I watched thirty seconds of the trailer and just went, "This looks like a kid show." It also looks like Casper the Friendly Ghost, but with fucking <laughs> uh, three dogs instead of uh, yeah. Casper and his three uncles. Yeah, their names are what the fuck is it? It's like Chewy, uh, Huey, and Bowie. Get Bowie it? is definitely he's a ghost. one of them. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it's a dead, kids' dead dog show. I thought that idea was funny to me for some reason because I'm fucked up. The fucking theme songs probably the. The Dead Puppies song. Did you ever hear that? Do people remember Dr. Demento or am I just ancient? You're ancient. I don't know. They play it in the movie The Goods. You've seen that, right? Fucking DJ Request. Nope. Haven't seen The Goods. Has Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven sucks in everything uh, and therefore should not be supported. Uh, I don't know. They like they have a there's a DJ who appears throughout the movie. His name's DJ Request, and everybody always asks him to play songs, and he plays something completely opposite, just because like he doesn't like being told what to do. So <laughs> somebody asks him like, you know, play something upbeat, something like uh, "Don't Stop Believing," and he starts playing fucking dead puppies, and fucking Catherine Han just looks at him, he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Sure. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's got a cameo from Will Ferrell where he uh, falls to his death after his parachute was uh, replaced with a bag of sex toys. That sounds like a Jeremy Piven thing. I don't like Jeremy Piven. He's he's not he's not good. Yeah. Don't blame me. I'm with you. 
All right. Our next trailer is for The Midnight Club, uh, which I'm pretty sure is what they called themselves in the uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark show. Midnight Society. That's right. Uh, To those before, to those after, to us now and to those beyond, welcome to The Midnight Club, a new Netflix horror series from Mike Flanagan, the producers of Haunting of Hill House and Midnight Mass. Uh, The Midnight Club release date is October 7th. At a hospice for terminally ill young adults, eight patients come together every night at midnight to tell each other stories and make pacts that the next of them to die will give the group a sign from the beyond. Uh, The Midnight Club is based on the 1994 novel of the same name, as well as other works by Christopher Pike. Ashley's been reading a lot at bedtime, and I think this is one of the, the the books she had read was The Midnight Club. When she heard about this, she was confused at why Mike Flanagan was adapting a Christopher Pike book. Because it's typically aimed towards more young adult because it's Christopher Pike, I guess. I don't know. Uh, this looks fine. I don't know. Why can't he do the projects he wants? I mean, he can. I'm not saying he can't because, I mean, we're getting Fall of the House of Usher next year. Yeah. So, whatever. Make your own fucking Netflix show if you're so smart, Ashley. She's not saying Mike Flanagan can't make this. (laughs) She's just saying, based off of everything that Mike Flanagan has done previously, adapting a Christopher Pike novel is out of the ordinary. I think it's really romantic how you stuck up for your girlfriend. I do... When she's not being an idiot. And I think she's right. Now, there are times where she is wrong, and I tell her she's wrong, and I call her a moron. But we won't talk about that here. We're not at that point. Uh, This looks fine. I have to wonder if the Mike Flanagan project thing will go every other. Like, so, Haunting of Hill House? Good. Midnight Mass? Good. Bly Manor? Meh. What What is Midnight Club going to be? So far, it looks meh. Maybe I'll be surprised and maybe it'll actually be good. But so far, uh, based off of this. Looks whatever. All right. Uh, Our fourth and final trailer this week is for Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. Uh, Five-time Academy Award winner Alejandro G. Inaritu brings us Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, is an epic, visually stunning, and immersive experience, yet set against the intimate uh, and moving journey of Silverio, a renowned Mexican journalist and documentary filmmaker living in Los Angeles, who, after being named the recipient of a prestigious international award, is compelled to return to his native country, unaware that his simple trip will push him to an existential limit. The folly of his memories and fears have decided to pierce through the present, filling his everyday life with a sense of bewilderment and wonder. With both emotion and abundant laughter, Silverio grapples with universal yet intimate questions about identity, success, mortality, the history of Mexico, and the deeply emotional familial bonds he shares with his wife and children. Indeed, what it means to be human in these very peculiar times. Uh, Bardo, false chronicle of a handful of truths, is the story of Bardo, a false chronicle of a handful of truths. Yeah. So this has already premiered at some film festivals, and according to Inaritu himself, he's already cut 22 minutes from the original cut. So apparently this was supposed to be close to three hours, and now it is closer to two and a half. Uh, this also looks like a fucking fever dream. I don't know. It looks like they're trying to do Across the Universe. It kind of has that kind of feel to it. It's like the the trailer is set to uh, I Am the Eggman by the Beatles. And there's uh, a woman whose titties are like covered by a pair of fried eggs. 
That's weird shit. That's true. It is a very weird trailer. Uh, if you hadn't read the description of the trailer, I never would have understood what the movie was actually supposed to be. I still don't. I mean, yes, that's true. I mean, it just looks like a fever dream, which is fine. But uh, yeah, I have not heard good things so far about the movie, but I will go in with a fresh perspective because most of the time critics have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. All right. With that, it's time to get into uh, quick hits where we talk about some trailers or some shit we watched this week, including uh, and I hope, Caleb, you listened last week uh, to a new updated sound. I don't know. I've been uh, trying to finish Extraordinary Attorney Wu. It's a good show. What episode are you on? Six. Oh, my. You're uh, way behind me. I'm on 12. Yeah, it's a time sink. Well, yes, they're all they're like 70 minute episodes. So I'm not saying you're a, a bastard man, but also you're a bastard man. Go faster. Rather just die. Uh, that's fair. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I watched the anime project called Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Uh, this is based on the world first created in Cyberpunk 2077, a video game that released a horrible, 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 horrible performance, uh, and it was just poorly received by everybody because the second you tried to play that game on a console it just said i I fucking hate you you console pleb Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, i'm three episodes in this is about uh oh god is is it david martinez is it that generic is that is that just his generic name is david martinez i think it is uh it's about uh it follows our main character of david martinez who goes to a private school paid for by his EMT mom uh, that basically costs like all the money she makes. So like they're behind on rent uh, and bills and medical stuff all the time. I was about to ask you what EMT stood for, but then I was like, oh, emergency medical technician, because in my mind it was like, it has to be something electromagnetic (laughs) something because it's cyberpunk. Right. So that's my big criticism. But but basically like his mom it's you know it's your standard story of like mom fighting for child to have better life than he is supposed to uh she gets killed in the process uh during a random shootout that just happens in the middle of the street uh and it's just like the first episode is just like hey you guys know about capitalism right it fucking sucks also everything's a subscription service like uh in order to use their washing machine they have to that they own or seemingly own. They have to pay a subscription fee in order to use it in order to wash clothes and shit. So, like, you know, it's it's turning like what current society is on its own head and being like, look how ridiculous shit will get or how ridiculous shit is getting. So and we'll make it about mundane shit, too. So uh, David goes off, becomes an edge runner, uh, which is, you know, another term for cyberpunk in this universe. I don't know. Still sounds like a sex thing. Yes. And, uh, you know, he runs jobs so that way he can pay off, uh, the debts that were incurred, uh, because his mom got like this hack job surgery that only kept her alive for a little bit. Uh, cremation services, uh, debts he's racked up, like rent being passed due, utilities. Uh, he owes the school money because he got this faulty, like, backdoor software that he was supposed to get instead of paying for the full license fee he paid for like you know this pirated copy of it so he's got to pay all this shit off so he he runs like criminal jobs or like fixer jobs in order to to pay it off um my big problem with cyberpunk things almost always is that they use lingo that is supposed to sound futuristic but just sounds like a fucking simpleton wrote the words. Yeah. yeah like what kind of, what kind of mods do you have on your deck? Right. And it's just like, guys, like we get it. We get that. Like it's a futuristic society, but like language doesn't become like fucking contractions only. 
You would say that, you fucking corpo. Uh, I am corpo. That's tr- I, and actually, that is one of the uh, one of the one of the job titles. And, th- and actually, when I I'm, played, uh, I'm about Cyber- to fucking skunk this corpo. <laughs> when I played <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, uh, I chose the corpo background because you know reasons. But yeah, uh, I the story's at least interesting, so I'm continuing that. But like the handicap of I fucking just hate futuristic dystopian lingo, uh, is kind of a severe handicap to the to the whole experience. So yeah, that's it. All right. Well, uh, with that out of the way, why don't we cut into a quick break? And when we come back, we'll talk about our main review topic for the week: Lou, starring Allison Janney. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our wonderful patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, the Mike Rula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Jason the Nerdrovert, Sam the Hurlahee Boy Hurley, Nick Haskins, David Powell, and my mom. If you'd like to join that illustrious list of patrons, visit patreon.com slash netflix and swill or if you'd like to support us without spending any money you can share our podcast on social media tell a friend or review the podcast on any podcatcher it'd be greatly appreciated now back to your regularly scheduled banter welcome back everybody caleb it's time to get into our main review topic for the week lou my Lou is a new R-rated action crime drama film on Netflix. A storm rages, a young girl is kidnapped. Her mother teams up with the mysterious woman next door to pursue the kidnapper. A journey that tests their limits and exposes shocking secrets from their pasts. Uh, this is a 6 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, and Dan, what did you think of this? It's okay. It's one of those movies where like, I was really into everything that happened up to a certain plot point. And then slur- certain pot- plot point happens, and I'm just like, uh, it just makes yes. everything so contrived and wrap up too neatly with each other, with itself. It's just like, uh, I don't need everything to be. Why can't people just be decent by themselves and not have ulterior motives for being decent? That is the correct take. Uh, I actually thought this movie was quite good. But yeah, there's a there's a certain like big reveal that they do. And then after that, everything's stupid. Yep. The movie slowly falls apart. And that is where it loses me is that moment just being like, yeah, but for my part, I enjoyed the ride the entire way through. I came here to see Alice and Janie kill a bunch of people. uh, And I did. Well, really, she only killed a few people. But I mean, you know, like I said, whenever we watch the trailer, like, I don't know. I want to see more of the the old lady action genre. Old lady action genre is a decent genre. And just uh yeah. Give us uh Linda Hamilton. Mm. Where's she mm-hmm. where's she mm-hmm. been? I mean obviously she was in Terminator Yeah. Dark Salvation T- Terminator Deep Fake. It's Dark Fate. Oh, it's Dark Fate. Uh oh Terminator Salvation is the 2010 version of the movie uh or of the franchise which wasn't terrible. Is that the Christian Bale where he yells yeah. at the fucking lighting guy? <laughs> oh good for oh, you. Oh good for you. <laughs> I actually ate the last piece of pie. Oh good for you. Cuz now it's useless. Well it's nourishing me. That fucking Family Guy <laughs> bit is so good. Oh, <laughs> uh, Christ. <sighs> All right. For everybody else's part, um, Journey Smollett, I actually think is kind of bad in this. She has several bad, like very bad line deliveries. They're like towards the beginning part of the movie, too. So I don't know what was going on there. But yeah, it's like, a, I don't know what's going on here with Journey Smollett. Normally, she's pretty good. 
uh, not Tom Hardy or Logan Marshall Green was fine. And that, that's it. That's basically all the characters that matter. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I was the whole time I was like, man, this guy looks uh, approximately like Tom Hardy. <laughs> well, I mean, we've seen him in multiple. Well, he was in that movie, The Invitation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's main character. That he's also in uh, the movie Upgrade. I don't know if you've seen Upgrade. It's a fun movie. You should watch Upgrade. But yeah, I mean, he, everyone call like Paul has resorted to calling him uh, Tom Hardly. You know, yeah, good, good jokes all around. I love it. Yeah, I like I like Logan Marshall Green. It was just like, yeah, his role's fine. But like, I don't know. Ultimately, the plot is what kills this movie. Like. Like I said, just that one plot moment that we'll talk about in the spoilers uh, is where the movie just is like, oh, this is too neat. And I don't need it to be too neat. I just want it to be people being good for once. The world doesn't typically involve a lot of plots that you can wrap up in a nice, neat little bow. It's okay for your movie to be a little bit messy. You know what else? The world is a vampire. <laughs> oh, fucking pumpkins. I think uh, what it, I just learned, like a weird fact the other day. I think it's like. Uh, I think I think like. It might have been something we talked about. I think it was like the Sarah McLaughlin sad song from the ASPCA commercials. Yes. Was written about one of the Smashing Pumpkins members ODing on heroin. Oh. Or something. I don't remember talking about that. So it was definitely not something we talked about. But that's interesting. It's. It might not be that song, but it was some song by like an act that you wouldn't think is in any way associated. Huh. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like... no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play the... bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. Yeah, she, she was probably his mother. <laughs> uh, um... That's a good a segue as any to uh, what the fucking plot of this movie is about. Yeah. So General Gist, Allison Janney is the landlord uh, for Journey Smollett and her daughter. Yeah. Uh, and an in, insufferable misanthrope. Yes. Uh, she is former CIA. Yeah. Which she is. She is the Grinch. Which you can tell based off of like her secrecy and shit, like and all the stills she's kept of like photos and stuff, like or the, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the negatives of photos and stuff. Uh, and she has at least twice at the beginning of the movie put a gun under her chin in an effort to commit suicide. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like th- this is one of those movies where like things were about to happen. And I was having a conversation with my wife about what was about to happen. And she was like, what fucking like. Crazy military shit was she in? And I was like, she wasn't. She's she's in the she was in the CIA. She's a spook like she, they're like referencing Iran Contra like. She's a she's a spy. And then uh, Journey Smollett, it's like. What branch of the military are you in? And Alice and Janney's like, I'm I'm not. I was in the CIA. Yeah. I felt so smart when I was like, oh, no, yeah, she was definitely in the CIA. There's no question about it. But like, I think actually the second biggest plot twist of the movie is that this is set in the 80s. Yeah. So they don't have uh, cell phones and shit, which is a good choice. I like that. It's a good choice. I, I appreciated that. But so, yeah. Uh, Journey Smut's daughter, who is named V, uh, mm-hmm. is uh, kidnapped by or kidnapped by uh, the father, played by Logan Marshall Green. Uh, and he is beginning during a massive rainstorm uh, and he uh, whisks her away in an effort to t- take her somewhere. 
I don't know. His his intentions start out as clear, but then muddy entirely by the end of the movie. Hmm. So I got my handcuffs, my cyanide pills, and my classified dossier. Yeah, it's a party in the CIA. I had that stuck in my head. I wasn't going to be able to move on until I got it out. Is that weird, Alpha? Yeah. So I figured. Man, you think I'm so talented for making other people's songs uh, into something else. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Allison Janney's uh, former CIA about to kill herself. Journey Smollett rolls in. And she's like, hey, I need you. I, I need to get my daughter back. And Allison Janney's like, well, I'm former CIA. I'm going to go fix this shit. And you just assume because like she starts the movie being like, I didn't really put anything good into the world. Like all I did was create negative shit. I never did anything right. And so like the the way they begin the movie with her going out to search for this girl is like that she's finally going to put some good energy in her into the world before she goes and dies. Or prevent something good from being taken out of it. Yeah. So like that I'm I'm on board with. I'm like, okay, cool. So that goes for about half an hour from like the beginning of their journey towards reveal where the reveal is that Logan Marshall green is actually her son. Yeah. And all the notes that are like, hi mom, it's my turn and shit uh, are not to journey Smollett. They're to Lou. Which, um, I don't know. Again, like, on paper, I'm sure they thought it was a good idea. I just think, in practice, that reveal ruins a lot of what Lou is doing. Because, mm-hmm. it again, instead of trying to put something good out in the world just because, she's doing it because it's her granddaughter that was taken. And that's... It just kind of cheapens it for me. Yeah, well, like, what you've got here is a movie with four characters in it. And like, I didn't need the characters to have more reasons to interact with each other. You know what I mean? Right. So you don't have to prove to me that these people would care about shooting at each other. Like, yeah, it it, it was just they wanted to wrap everything together too neatly. And like you said, it's okay if things are just messy and then you eventually get to a point where they're not messy. But you want that point for them to be not messy towards the end of the movie and not the exact middle. Uh, then the movie kind of grinds to a halt because uh, Alice and Janney and Logan Marshall Green get in the confrontation. Alice and Janney is injured. So is Logan Marshall Green, but to a lesser extent. Yeah. And also, like, I guess his dad was the Iron Sheik or something. That's yeah. So he had to uh, break Alice and Janney and make her humble. <laughs> I hope I hope everyone follows the Iron Sheik on Twitter because <laughs> she's a stupid jabroni. I fucking love the Iron Sheik on Twitter is a legend. And uh, if Twitter has ever banned that man, Twitter needs to be removed from existence. <sighs> so, yeah, uh, after that, Allison Janney recovers. They go to this lighthouse that apparently Logan Marshall Green's character was kidnapped from years before. And, uh, yeah, they have it out and all this. Sh- the CIA rolls up and it's like, hey, these two people shouldn't be alive. Let's murder them. But she's wearing a flak vest and stands behind him. So sequel, maybe question mark. Not really. They they do. They do an extraction. They but... do an extraction. Good boy. Good boy. That's exactly what I was going to say. They do an extraction. But like, yeah, I don't. I don't need a sequel to this movie. I'm fine with it being a one-off. I didn't need yeah. her to be there at the end, but it was very obvious she was there at the end when the dog is just staring off it towards that space. I'm like, oh, she's going to be alive. I so was like, I do have the perfect name for a sequel, though. Cindy. Because it's Cindy Lou 2. Thank you for joining the final episode of Netflix and Swell. <laughs> Get it? Because she's the Grinch. Mm-hmm. It's good. 
I like it. I appreciate it. It's just, you know, puns. She lives alone with her dog. Well, not anymore. The dog is very clearly the uh, Journey Smollett and uh, V's. Mm hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, I I had a lot to say about like the beginning 45 minutes. Like I thought the for beginning 45 minutes was a very good setup. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, man, that reveal that he's her son just kind of like, this is too clean. Kinda, I don't like yeah. this. Yeah, it kind of shot the whole thing in the ass a little bit. Yeah. Like, like there were still some good moments, some good emotional moments, uh, you know, some good action moments. But like, because them, them fighting in the ocean, in the wake of the ocean is uh, pretty good. But and like her hugging her son as he is gunned to death by the CIA is. In theory, good, but also just like deflating. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So. Uh, anything else about Lou? No, I don't know. I liked it. Uh, I thought it was, you know, I might have been tainted by a lot of, uh, Netflix movies and not a lot of exposure to everything else, but I thought that it was above average. Yeah. I think people overblow Netflix movie quality because I think Netflix movie quality is about standard for everything else. Mm -hmm. It's just. They put out more movies than anybody else, so therefore, Netflix just has this uh, notoriety to them about just having mediocre movies. I think everybody else just puts out the same amount of mediocre movies in terms of percentages. Yeah. Uh, uh, for my part, I'm going with a, a three for Lou. It's fine. Uh, three and half. It's pretty good. All right, that'll move us over to our next female-led movie, uh, Do Revenge. Do Revenge is a TVMA-rated comedy film. Uh, Drea and Eleanor agree to go after one another's bullies. Uh, so this is a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, so it's 1.1 uh, stars above Tall Girl. Has Camilla Mendes and Maya Hawk. Uh, what did you think of Do Revenge? Very similarly to Lou, there is a reveal that happens mm -hmm. that um kind of kind of takes the wind out of the sails. I actually like this reveal. It's not bad. It's the not problem bad. is that the reveal happens with forty minutes left in the movie. Yeah, and then it's like, what are you gonna do then? Right. So then the movie spins its wheels in order to make the reveal yeah. resonate more, I guess. I, I've rewritten the ending in my head and uh, I, I yeah, I'll talk about it in spoilers. But yeah, when that reveal happens, I'm just like, oh, this is a good idea. And then the movie just keeps going and it's like, ah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about it. Uh, Drea is high school girl who. uh her mom, like she's raised by a single mom who is a nurse. Um, you know, she's had to work her way up and, and craft a carefully planned image for herself. Uh, and that all comes crashing down whenever her boyfriend, uh, the, you know, king of the high school, because that's something people really care a lot about is yep. being cool in high school. Um, this is the dude's like, uh, Hey, I'm going to miss you this summer. You should send me a little sexy video. Send me the uh, babs. Yeah. So Drea sends her bobs in vagine, uh, which he promptly turns around and sends to the whole school. Mm -hmm. uh, so she becomes a show, a social piranha. 3D. Oh, and then uh, Maya Hawk is like, hey, I'm going to come to school here. Uh, I have a girl that I hate who, mm -hmm. you know, I, I came out to at summer camp years ago. And then she said that I like held her down and tried to kiss her. So she made me out to be like a sexual predator. Yeah. Uh, and everybody hated me. So, uh, 
fuck her in particular. So they decide to do each other's revenge, uh, strangers on a train style. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the big thing. And uh, there are some very Hitchcockian shots in this movie. Uh, yeah. There's also um, a very tennis court scene shot uh, towards the end of the movie at a party uh, that I really enjoyed. And I was like, oh, it's that it's the same shot from Strangers on a Train, but just at a, a high school party. I love mm-hmm. it. Interesting thing that Ashley and I noted when watching this is that Maya Hawk yet again is playing a gay character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently in real life, she is straight. So what's. It's. I'm fine with her playing a gay character because I feel as a straight guy, uh, I feel like anybody's sexuality shouldn't be determined by just how they look or what, you know, how they present themselves. Uh, but that being said, if I had a nickel for every time Maya Hawk played a gay character on Netflix, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot of money, but it's weird that I have two nickels. See, I I don't really know a lot about Maya Hawk. Um, she's she's starting to grow on me. I, you know, I like the things that she's in, but uh, I don't know in terms of like what I perceive her sexuality to be. Uh, it would be. Yes. That's probably true. So, yeah. Uh, Camila Mendez is fine. Uh, well, there was some movie I watched with her last year that was some like Hallmarkian kind of movie. I was kind of like, oh, this girl's like a real actor. Like you can mm-hmm. tell she has real talent and is just doing this movie because I don't know why. So seeing her in another movie where she can show off talent i'm not saying like it's good talent but like you can tell she belongs in hollywood with that cool because she's apparently a riverdale and i'm never gonna watch riverdale because it's a cw show it's just this is not gonna happen i'm sorry i don't know sometimes people just do things for jobs and because they're fun yeah this seemed like an actual like passion project for them or at least like something they put effort into uh everybody else is fine they all play high schoolers i don't know I don't know how high schoolers talk. Uh, I see people say all the time, this is not how high schoolers talk. I'm not going to say one way or the other, but like, I don't know. I feel like if you've been out of high school for 10 years, you have no idea how high schoolers talk. So I don't know. Just shut the fuck up yeah. about that part. Yeah. It's like, uh, kids running around talking about putting the pussy on the chain wax and shit. Like they say corpo a lot. And, uh, <laughs> bed. And talk about all the mods they have on their deck. Yeah. <laughs> their steam deck. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, for about, uh, I'll say 50 minutes, I was really enjoying the movie. And then it started spinning its wheels. And then the reveal happens at about an hour and 15 minutes. And then I was back in and then it started going in a direction that I really did not like. And then it resolved itself in a way that was like bittersweet because it resolves itself the way you want it to, but also finalizes with this really weird redemptive thing that I don't feel like is ever earned because ultimately uh, the way they redeem the characters after making them be the worst uh isn't uh-huh. satisfying yeah uh and then i don't know they leave this open for a sequel where we can get sophie turner to come back for uh to revenge too furious i love that to do to revenge yeah uh sophie turner's in this i actually enjoyed her a small bit yeah, I always forget how fucking tall she is. She's extraordinarily tall. Uh, I also don't think she's a very good actor, but uh, for her bit part in this, she's fine. Her main thing is being tall and pretty. She doesn't need to do anything else to have a career. She's done Game of Thrones. She's probably made enough money off of that. She's also married to a Jonas brother, so she has more money than she'll ever need. So she probably just takes fun roles that she doesn't have to try very hard at. I don't do cocaine. (laughs) 
I don't even know what cocaine looks like. Or what, however she fucking talks. I don't know. So, uh, anything else non-spoiler-wise about Do Revenge before we talk about, ultimately, the the big reveal. If you've seen not another, another teen movie, you've seen this. Like, it's, it's all the tropes. Uh, high school is a political wasteland. That part I agree with. Uh, the rest of your statement, no. <laughs> I don't think so. No, there's, uh, I don't know. There's, there's little bits of like 10 things I hate about you and like uh, Heathers, I guess. Would be, I haven't uh, seen Heathers, so I can't really comment on that. But yeah, the, the 10 things I hate about you, I, I definitely see that. Yeah. So it's a teen film for teens. Starring a bunch of people in their mid twenties to late th- to uh, early thirties. Yeah, so you know the classic. Well, you can't have real teens doing sex, Dan. That's you true. can only have uh, simulated teenage sex for perverts. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like- no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play of the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. All right, so uh, the reveal is that Eleanor's character has been doing revenge entirely on Drea the entire time. Yeah, she's she's been doing a big revenge. Uh, Because, you know, Drea is. Vapid popular girl and doesn't remember that she's the one that outed Eleanor as a lesbian. Yeah, which like I that whole sequence where she's revealing it and they're going back through the events like normally I don't like when movies go back through events of the rest of the movie being like hey remember this when they said this thing but it was interesting to see like the recontextualized bits of like oh Eleanor's trying to give her an out any kind of out like recognize what you did to me and apologize for it and maybe this will all be over and maybe I won't have to do a revenge do a revenge I don't know. There's also parts like at different times, each of the two main girls is the narrator. So like there's parts where Maya Hawk is like, I'm going to do this revenge to you, but I feel conflicted about it. I wish that I didn't have to do revenge, but you forced my hand into doing revenge. Yeah. So like the, the reveal, I think, is good. And I really enjoyed it. But again, the movie goes on for about another 40 minutes after that. Mm-hmm. And Maya Hawk threatens uh, Drea's mom by being like, hey, it's really easy to plant drugs on somebody and get them to lose their job. And I'm like, well, why does her mom have to get dragged into this? Yeah, which I don't think she'd have done it. I think she was just trying to force her to fucking do the thing. That's definitely possible. But it still put me in this awkward position of, well, who do I root for out of this? Because we've shown that Dre is an insufferable cunt. And yeah. we've also shown that Eleanor is an insufferable cunt. So I have oh, no yeah. one left to root for in the movie. We could root for the girl who was uh, growing weed at school. Is we- I-, I do. Actually, is weed still legal? Or illegal? In, uh, actually, that's that's the wrong question to ask because I know uh, Ron DeSantis is governor there, so of course weed is still illegal in Florida. Oh yeah, I love. Uh, Bill keeps posting Bluey memes in our uh, group chat, and one of them was like uh, the dad and like one of the kid dogs like laying down, and it was like uh, you know. Uh, an island and then like rich people. And then there's like a football flying at them. It was like a plane full of immigrants. I don't know. The Martha's (laughs) Vineyard people actually seem to be like, be good and be like, Hey, welcome. We'll, we'll help you out. So good for you, rich people. You scored one. Well, yeah. Now the, now they're all suing DeSantis because he sent them to an island full of lawyers. (laughs) What a fucking moron. Uh, it's funny. So yeah. Um, after that point, it became really hard for me to root for either of them. The only person I was really rooting for was the girl who was selling weed, or not selling weed, but growing weed, 
and her friend who was now seeing Drea because obviously he was going through a tough time of his one friend at school uh, being expelled for growing drugs. I don't know. Growing drugs is no joke. I had a friend who snorted three pots and he uh, died. Wait, what? It's nothing. It's being stupid. That's fair. So, yeah. Um, they get they do their revenge on Max, like Max shows his entire ass and shows how much of an asshole he is and uh, how much he doesn't give a fuck about any of these people that he's uh, about. They record it's recorded when he's doing that. And uh, yeah. Uh, Max is ostracized and they are welcomed back with open arms, despite the fact that they drug the entire uh, senior class with uh, hallucinogenic mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're we're trying to do a revenge the entire movie against all of them. What was the best revenge you ever did? I don't think I've done one. Or at least one that's memorable. Like, all of them were probably, like, small little things. Hmm. Actually, that's not true. So, uh, one time in seventh grade, I was having a really shitty day. Real, real, real shitty. And, uh... Kid next to me at, at our lockers uh, didn't like him very much. So, but uh, so he opens his locker and it fucking hits me in the face. And I'm not kidding when I say it hit me in the face, like I like hit me so hard, like I like white flashed, and then I just got this uncontrollable fucking anger to beat the fuck out of this kid. <laughs> and. And he like we were not on good terms like, you know, he picked on me a little bit. But like I was about to beat this kid's fucking ass. And then a teacher like is standing like right there just making sure that this kid is fine after I get smashed in the face with a fucking locker. That was about it. I got left alone for the rest of the year. So that's about the only revenge I got. The biggest revenge I did was when I fucked my ex's best friend. And now Dan's trying to figure out who it is. Well, also, I'm trying to figure out who was friends with your exes because they're all terrible. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. My original intent was to have sex with all of my ex's friends. And then, you know, I did the one and I was like, oh, I guess I'm done. I did my revenge. I I did my revenge with the one person that liked her. It doesn't narrow it down. Like, they're both... The, the two that I know are fucking awful. <laughs> well, it was one of them. I know it was one of them. I just don't know which one. And I don't know what friend. So what would you rate uh, Do Revenge? Considering that the reveal happens, and I'm, I, I'm like... I'm, like, really into it. Like, I was really into the movie for about, for about 50 minutes. Kind of like, okay, things are starting to slow down. Really into it for another like three minutes. And then it just kind of like limps to the finish. Two, two and a half? Gonna go three. Yeah, it sounds about right. Uh, it, it, I'm in between there, honestly. But yeah, two and a half sounds right. I, I, it was so close. Oh, so the rewritten ending to the movie is that they continue going through and like the the max being a shitty person thing happens, you know, or like slightly earlier. And then uh, Drea still gets outed as being an awful human being. And it's revealed that's where Eleanor comes out with her big speech of like, I was doing my revenge on you. It was always you. You were the person who outed me. Yeah, I've been in control the entire time. Right. Like, if you just move that to the end, I think that's a much more impactful reveal. Um, also, you probably need to cut down on the movie by about 15 minutes in order for that to work better. But yeah, I I wanted I wanted that reveal to be the end of the movie. And I wanted Drea to still be ostracized because ultimately still she is a bad person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that she was never rich. Uh, it doesn't matter that she was ostracized by her friends. She was always a bad person and always needed to be taught a lesson. And I feel like the lesson that she was taught was very short shrifted and blown over for a happy ending where 
Eleanor and Drea become friends for some fucking reason. I don't know. Uh, probably the funniest part, though, uh, is like Drea's like, I have to be on my phone, but I have to get my boyfriend to not be looking at me on my phone. Uh, so she's like, hey, fucking get under the covers and like, you know, do do uh, do your do your thing. Do revenge. Oh, yeah, um, baby. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Oh, fuck. So and then good. like. She finds out came, what she was looking for. Party. I came. Let's go to a party. <laughs> I came. Let's go to a party. Is probably the greatest line ever written in cinema history. <laughs> uh, that poor guy. I don't know. And he, she gets back with him at the end of the movie. And it's like, ugh. it's <sighs> like, why would you want to get back with him? He obviously doesn't even know what it looks like when a woman comes. <laughs> Oh, that's true. All right. Well, let's do revenge. Uh, next week, we're going to do uh, Blonde, starring Anna de Armas as Marilyn Monroe. It's an NC-17 movie, so I can't wait for boobs and sex. Yeah. Yeah, and on the back half of that, we're going to be uh, rounding out the trilogy <laughs> with Full Metal Alchemist, The Final Alchemy. This is a Live action Full Metal Alchemist. I just want you to know that unless you had sent me a direct message saying, I'm so sad we have to watch the final Full Metal Alchemist movie, I never would have put it here. I know. Ne- never would have been here. So this is what your if, fault. Uh, what if I wasn't really sad and I've been manipulating you the entire time and I was really the one doing revenge? Oh, God, no. Well, then I'd have to go to Netflixandswill.com. If you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill to listen to all the revenge that has already taken place. Yeah. These segues are fucking money, baby. Let's go. Yeah, and if you think our segues are money, you can uh, become a patron and <laughs> give us money for uh, better segues. Oh, fuck. Uh, this the best outro that's ever happened yeah. on this show. <laughs> Uh, thank you for the thank you to Space Weather for bitter for the song bitter, which is the intro and the outro of our program. Bitter, the feeling of having done revenge. Revenge may be sweet, but fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, fuck it. Uh, until next week, this is Caleb saying I came. Let's go to a party. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.